Lampshade Media presents Murder Me Daddy with Alexis Nelson. Alexis Nelson, I would like to welcome you right now to Lampshade Media Presents Murder Me Daddy. Oh, wow. I feel very welcome, especially by that not at all uncomfortable name. <laughs> I, uh, I I am uh, really excited about this name, especially we're just, you know, getting closer and closer to Halloween now. And uh, nobody can really do Halloween this year, I'm guessing. But, um, you know, we can do it online. You know, we can do it in podcast and then we can just continue doing it because then Christmas is like, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas, Murder Me Daddy. It'll just keep working. Exactly. Oh, man. Well, to quote the kids on TikTok, I'm very uncomfortable with the energy we have created in the studio today. (laughs) (laughs) Is TikTok still a thing? I thought I thought Trump done banned it. No, he's just mad because the K-pop stands keep pranking him. So funny. <laughs> oh my god, that was so amazing. They like reserved all the tickets for that uh for that mm-hmm. thing he did on Juneteenth. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Like it's crazy. I know that like everyone always wants to hate on the youngest generation, but like nothing but respect to Gen Z. <laughs> well played. At least Gen Z in Korea. Oh, well, oh, it was American K-pop stands. Uh, they are so a- much better organized than our generation's equivalent, the weebs, who Wait. were very into anime. Are you saying that there... I didn't even know that K-pop was popular in America. Oh, okay. I'm sending you a playlist when this is over. <laughs> I am like... I am pretty old, okay? I'm 30 fucking nine years old, and I don't know. I've seen... <laughs> documentaries on the, there is a thing called k-pop so i know of its existence and i know that uh, the Mel, fans are, are say, rabid you can't say you're old at 39 because like i'm 28 which essentially makes me 39 in like female years in the eyes of pop culture so like <laughs> please don't say those words to me <laughs> i've never heard anybody say that <laughs> it's so sad on tiktok everyone's like i want you to be my mom I'm like, I am also looking for a quality mother. If anyone has a lead, it's not me. <laughs> I, I found out recently because this story comes out on uh, on a huge ass magazine. You are a TikTok star. Oops. Did, <laughs> did you also find that out when the magazine was published or... <laughs> Or when the oh, when the post oh was published, no. I found out the day that I officially had to stop all notifications on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be hard since your job is literally social media management, right? Oh my god, it makes it so hard. It just means I have to have like my MacBook under my arm at all times. <laughs> god damn, though, a TikTok star—you might be the most famous person I've ever had on this show. That makes me sad for you, Mel. Do you want me uh, to introduce you to Spike Lee? Yes. <laughs> I didn't know you were I didn't know you were holding out on the Spike Lee introduction. What the fuck? 
<laughs> oh my god, I know. This is I'm we'll make this happen. I'm sending a text message. <laughs> I mean, you're joking, right? <laughs> oh, no, he he summers on Martha's Vineyard with my family. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> You're so fucking famous. Uh, no, all that I have done is give everyone about 17 reasons to hate me right from the get-go, right at the top of the episode. <laughs> so seriously, though, you're a TikTok star, and it's because you eat weeds, and not the fun exactly. kind. And not the fun kind. Not the fun kind. No, and and people keep really hoping that that's the turn that it's going to take, and it just never does. (laughs) No, like, so I had this, uh, this, I was seeing this girl a couple years ago, and I have this overgrown, uh, disastrous uh, area that should be a garden in front of my place, and uh, I've never, like, paid much mind to it. I did pay someone recently to come put some mulch down and make it look like not a pile of shit. But uh, she goes out into this what then looked exactly like a pile of shit and starts pulling things out of it, comes into my house and makes tea with the shit she pulled out of my disgusting garden and then expected me to drink it. And, and I got to say, I did because I'm an adventurous eater, um, <laughs> but, but I was not expecting it to actually taste good. And it was mint. I mean, obviously. She made mint tea. Oh, okay. I was like, what kind of tea are we talking about? How did you feel about it? What was her preparation process? But like, mint's nice and fun and easy and basic. That's yeah. Nice. Yeah. It was easy for her. She's just like, oh, that's mint. I'm going to make mint tea, you know? And I was just like, "You're that's weeds. And you're going to make weed tea. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, Okay. First of all, that's an, ex- an excellent marketing strategy to just call it weed tea. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I've never actually grown mint. I've never, I mean, I know that there are people that do that, that actually go out and plan to grow mint. I've got to say that, like, the majority of people that have mint growing on their properties did not plan to grow mint, right? Oh, no, absolutely not. I feel like you take one step out of, like, the city proper in any city, and there's just, like, mint everywhere. Mint and catnip. (laughs) And, And hostas, like. Hostas just... Oh, my God, and hostas. You can eat those, too. You can eat a hosta? Oh, my God. Okay, next spring, Mel, like, I don't even eat meat, but I will make you a bacon-wrapped hosta shoot, and it'll change your entire life. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Like, how do you get into this foraging thing? This is fucking incredible. Um, well, you start by uh, not having a lot of friends as a small child. Um, (laughs) That's always step one. I I went to a very open-minded Montessori school. Uh, We were very pro-environment. I went to the kind of school where uh, I befriended a honeysuckle tree and my teachers were like, yes, she's so connected to the environment instead of like bullying me out of it like any adult should have. <laughs> so when you say befriended, did you like you just spent your recesses with the tree and. Yeah, yeah. Her name was Priscilla. She wasn't too like hard to climb because I was like a loving but portly child, just like I'm a loving but portly adult. Uh, so <laughs> me and tall tree climbing uh, were never close. 
Yeah. Uh, but Priscilla was like nice and manageable and, you know, honeysuckle flowers are delicious and you can like make ink out of the berries and stuff in the fall. So we hung out, you know, she was my bestie. We had a good time. I named her after my great aunt. Hey, wait, your great aunt was named Priscilla. Yes. That's interesting. Cause I just assumed it was, <laughs> you were talking about Priscilla Presley, but <laughs> when I was five, I did not know who that was. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but but your uh your your uh, I don't god I don't know genealogy so I don't know like who your great aunt's parents would be What's like that's a great great aunt <laughs> My great aunt's parents would be my great grandparents Your great grandparents knew who it was though Um anyway I don't know if my great grandparents did my great grandparents were Cape Verdean immigrants who ran a general store in Cape Cod did you just, what was that? You called them again? Cape Verdean? Yes. From, uh, from the islands of Cape Verde, which are off the North Western coast of Africa and definitely belonged to Portugal until like 1980, very late to the independence game. Oh, wow. That's incredible. So, so that's your, that's, that's a part of your heritage then is that, that, Oh, that's, yeah. like, like that's way later my mom's entire side of the family um her mom her dad's side of the family came to the united states in the 1600s but also from cape verde and then her mom's side of the family emigrated in the 1800s okay 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 so yeah we're talking uh we're talking some time here we might have oh, yeah. uh we might have gotten uh predating uh elvis a little bit maybe <laughs> maybe uh priscilla's parents uh knew your your great aunt <laughs> There we go. Okay. That's the plot twist that this story needed. Was the Presley family co-opting yet another something from Exactly. <laughs> it makes a lot more sense, doesn't it? Of course it really Elvis does. would be into that. It gives them a sense of consistency. <laughs> That's great. But you, you just, were you eating like random ass plants and shit and trying stuff out when you were a kid or did you get into that later? Oh yeah. Oh, 100% I was, uh, probably, uh, some plants that I had no business eating. Uh, my mom's <laughs> really big into gardening. So when I was really small, she'd be like, ah, this is a weed, but if you break it, it smells like onions because it is an onion, which to my tiny brain said, eat this. It's an <laughs> onion. Uh, so I did. It was good. It was good. And I just never really stopped. And I would just like amass a couple new plants from teachers or from peers um, or my friend's parents every year. And I'm like way better with plants than I am uh, with other human beings. Uh, so I just like catalog it all in a place in my head that I wish I could use for other things. That's incredible though. I mean, it's so weird because I like, I, it's not like I've known you like super uh, intimately or anything, but I've known you for a little bit and I had no idea about this foraging side of your life because I don't uh, follow. I did. I, I hadn't yet followed your, uh, your foraging, uh, black forager on Facebook and, uh, your, uh, and I don't do TikTok at all because I have no idea what the fuck that Chinese propaganda shit is. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I, uh, I was just like blown away when I read that article because a million fucking people in Columbus were like, my girl, my girl right here doing this shit. You know, everybody was <laughs> posting that up. Right. 
<laughs> it was it was very overwhelming and I am very good at keeping the different facets of my life separate. <laughs> uh, so one, that became very hard to do when some of my TikToks took off because suddenly people were in my DMs being like, I know you from childhood and now you're a famous nerd. Hello. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Which is a weird and jarring thing to have happen like once a week, every week for the last three months. Well, you had the the one video that where you uh, what it was the difference between Queen Anne's lace and uh, what was the poisonous plant? Um, I'm sorry, I'm having a brain oh, fart. Poison hemlock. Poison yeah, hemlock. Yeah. You like described the difference, which it was really it was actually like it was just informative and fun. And I can see why it took off. But you had over a million views on that shit. That's right. Like, what's it up to now? Oh, no, it's, uh, oh, gosh. I mean, I guess I can, I can look. That is so, un like, it's, it's honestly very unbelievable for me. I keep getting surprised every time that I look at it. Because uh, this is just, like, everything that I record is stuff that I would have been lecturing to my partner regardless while out on a walk i just started like pushing record when i was doing the things that i would have been doing otherwise i can totally see that uh playing out you're like oh this uh, uh so it's a this is uh what this is. let me tell you about this oh, <laughs> i can yeah, see how to do it and he gets really mad because i'm also bad about flip-flopping between uh the scientific names and like common names it's his biggest pet peeve when we are when we go on walks and I'm just like, I'm sorry. I'm just hoping you'll remember. Which does he prefer, the common or the scientific? Oh, common name. 100%. Yeah. He's like, speak English, Alexis. <laughs> exactly. And I'm just like, leave me alone. I took Latin. Let me feel like it was a useful four years of my life. Oh, my God. Four years of Latin. You're very smart. No, no, I'm very dumb. Because after the third year, I could have taken another language. <laughs> But why not? Like, you're already, like, in for a penny, in for a pound. I mean, you were in for half a pound already. Exactly. And, like, I don't know. I was I was on the executive board of my school's Latin club, and I felt like, you know, you can't sell out and take French after you do that. You were, you were in Latin club. That's awesome. I just, I don't oh, even know what to do oh with that. No. Oh, no. I want awards. What is a Latin club? I want awards. <laughs> what? I would like to know, like, what happens at the club of Latin Club. Like, what? What exactly are the proceedings? <laughs> okay, so we did a real uh, smorgasbord of things. Um, like, sometimes we would just watch Bill and Ted's Awesome Adventure, um, but sometimes we would go to conventions. So it's called Junior Classical League, and so once a year. We would go to the Ohio Junior Classical League Convention, which is when they let like 300 of the nerdiest teens in Ohio loose on a Marriott in downtown Columbus. <laughs> um, and they know that literally nothing will happen because of who we were. And you just have like competition. <laughs> so I took home first place ribbons in like sight Latin translation. I took home ribbons in like Latin recitation and performance. 
Um, wow. I once made a kid's book in Latin that uh, took home a couple of different prizes that I definitely did on the drive to Columbus from Cincinnati. Felt very guilty about taking those ribbons. Uh, now, wow. this is supposed to be me bragging about my bad accomplishments. I wouldn't call those bad accomplishments. I think that's fucking amazing. Um, but it's also like incredibly like like narrow. Like, when, I don't mean to say narrow, but I just mean like so specific. Like, that's such a niche thing. You know what I mean? Like, how many people get that deep into something like A, foraging, or B, Latin? Like, what else are you hiding? <laughs> What other like niche thing are you know. an expert at, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh yeah, the world the world will never know. But my my parents keep yelling at me cuz I keep trying to amass additional hobbies and it's starting to like interfere with my sleep schedule. <laughs> like I uh I get annoyed like uh crafting in Red Dead Redemption and I'm like, "Oh, I bet Alexis would love this." <laughs> That sounds amazing. That would be like right up my alley. Like, like I have to get like the uh, the metals and the different things to to have collected enough of this plant and that plant, and then turn them into something mm -hmm. else. You know, and it's like you're out here doing this in the real fucking world. Like, this is actually a real thing. I thought they just invented this for video games. <laughs> um, on, honestly, sometimes if I'm like playing Breath of the Wild or Animal Crossing and I'm building things, I will just like look up from my controller or my console and just be like, I could be doing this in the real world and actually have something to show for it. I'm going to go outside. <laughs> yeah, I do that when I'm like robbing cars in Grand Theft Auto too. <laughs> yeah, you got to take that to the real world, Mel. You can make some real cash. Come yeah. on. All the conservatives like are, if they're crafting in Red Dead Redemption, they're going to do it in the real world. They're going to make poultices, <laughs> goddammit. Exactly. Uh, they're cooking all these plants that they find out and who knows where in Hyrule. <laughs> the kids are going to start cooking the weeds. And lo and behold. <laughs> your recent fame in, in foraging, is it, uh, has it impacted your life yet in, a, in any ways? Are people, is this why you know Spike Lee? Oh, no, you said that's because <laughs> of uh, the the... the yeah, the whole New York connection there, but uh, yes, alas, this is not why I know Spike Lee, but this is why I'm hoping uh, for a do-over. So, like, when your parents are friends with someone important, and you just see them as a kid, and you don't know they're important yet, you're just like, whatever, that's just mom's friend. Who wait, cares? Wait, that um, wasn't a joke. Then, no. Oh fuck. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> you are just full of surprises. <laughs> I even wrote it down in my journal. I thought you were joking. I mean, if it makes you feel any better. So when I turned 13, I watched Do the Right Thing and I realized who my like, I realized who Spike was. And so the next time that we saw him that summer, I was a fucking idiot when I tried to talk to him. Just completely forgot my grasp on both English and Latin. Like nothing of importance left my lips in his presence. Uh, what I would give for a do-over. <laughs> Jesus, like, yeah, I, 
I don't know. Like I, I, I lose my, uh, I lose my cool sometimes. Like talking to, talking to somewhat famous people, but I, I don't know that I've ever like actually talked to somebody that has national like recognition. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is uh, dumb because I am a dummy <laughs> who is not capable of doing such things wait oh my god mel can i tell you this thing that i'm really excited about that i felt like i can tell nobody else about um i will never tell anyone you can tell me in complete secrecy <laughs> um so <laughs> stephanie beatrice from brooklyn 99 follows my foraging instagram and i want to say words to her real bad but i'm scared <laughs> who the fuck is that she's rosa in brooklyn 99 <laughs> Okay, I don't, yeah, I don't watch network television anymore. Uh, get a Hulu, Mel. Get I, with the time. Okay. It's, it's like the, it's it's definitely copaganda. I'm just going to say that right now. Definitely copaganda, but like sometimes you forget that they're cops and it's really heartwarming. Aw, well that's very sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's like, that's the, the thing. I'm just like, I see that this person is like liking the things that I do, but they've never said a word to me. So I just wait <laughs> with each passing day and now we play the waiting game yes <laughs> we wait we will i had a, i've had a hell of a day today and i just came downstairs and i found i had somehow forgotten a bottle of whiskey and it was just sitting right here next to my producing chair so Ooh. the night is just really it just keeps getting better so i hope that uh I hope that uh, the same thing happens with with you and uh, and this uh, this nine nine chick. Thank you. <laughs> but do you want to talk about your day? Can we unpack that? What's going on in your life now? <laughs> oh my god. I I can't I can't get into too many details, but uh, I, let me just say I've got ninety nine problems in a in a bitch's one. <laughs> Oh no! Uh, I want to delve deeper into that, but I'll let you stay an international man of mystery. <laughs> well, well, she's a big she's a big fan of the podcast and a listener, so I hope that she understands that I was joking about saying a bitch. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Mel, you have the power to edit that out. That does not have to reach her ears. <laughs> yeah, you're, saying, you're, for all, you're right. You're for right. All the purposes, you could pick up recording right <laughs> now and we can start talking about like butterflies. Ooh, do you have butterfly content? <laughs> okay, so there is a monarch butterfly that has taken up residence in my front yard and I love her. <laughs> You do. You do have butterfly content. You've been dying to talk about butterflies this entire time. I mean, maybe. Can this be my PSA for people to plant more milkweed? And then I promise I won't bring up any more nerdy shit. For the rest of the I, I, thought I can't they, make that promise. I thought they only needed to plant milkweed somewhere in Mexico where they go at the, you know, that's where they all go, right? No, they need it here too. They're They're out here trying to... Trying to have tiny baby uh, caterpillars up here in oh, Ohio. I, I thought they only did that in Mexico. Like, what the fuck am I thinking? I yeah, don't. They need like a, a steady pathway of it. 
<laughs> through their whole migration. Path. They need like a whole milkweed or milkweed trail. Yes. Well, that's tight. Well, <laughs> is milkweed useful for us in any way, or do we just have to do this as a sacrifice to the to the butterflies? Oh no, common milkweed is mad tasty. Really? Oh yeah. So I make uh, I make an alcoholic cordial with the flowers. Uh, the immature seed pods, like the fillings in them, I use to make vegan cheese. Uh, and you can cook the immature shoots when they come up in late spring and early summer. But you should do it in moderation because butterflies. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to be using up all their uh, baby making uh, potential there. Nope. That'd be so rude. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't I don't even want to get any metaphors there. I know. I was about to make a horrible metaphor. Can I walk you through? I was about to say, like, yeah, it'd be like if someone just decided that they really wanted to eat condoms, but that would be the opposite. That would cause the opposite issue. <laughs> yeah. Well, my uh, my my friend sent me this uh, this meme. It's going back to my uh, my problems. Dating after thirty is easy. It's like riding a bike. But the bike is on fire and the ground is on fire. Everything is on fire because you're in hell. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Well, don't also, worry because you and your like partner are going to be my- together forever. So you're never going to have to date in your 30s. <laughs> I know. Fingers crossed. You heard it here first, Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's the hope. I look at him sometimes like with eyes full of love and just say, you can never leave me because I will not go through the process of ascertaining a new one again. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's a whole new it's a whole new world. It's a whole new ball game in your 30s. <laughs> like all of the uh, ex- I feel like the expectations and the, the- there's it's no no fun and games. It's all like it's all goal driven. <laughs> Oh God. No, I feel like, I feel like if for whatever reason, like if something tragic happens and I'm like knocking on wood three times, so nothing tragic will happen. I would, I woke up my dog because he thought <laughs> someone was knocking on the door. That's so cute. <laughs> Colonel, Colonel Musk, that, you're okay. I read in the blog that, that, that Colonel Mustard was small and potato shaped, and that does not sound small and potato shaped. No, he is he is not. And so that blog post, I had made a joke about how he was small and potato shaped when I got him. Like mm. I could carry him in one hand, and when he's curled up, he would look like a baked potato. Mm. Um, but now he's two years old and he weighs as much as people. <laughs> and he won't let me pick him up anymore i literally only deadlift so i know i can pick him up if like an emergency on a mountain happens or something and he does not let me practice you you go to the gym you've gotten your you gotten your membership to the gym just so that you can deadlift just that you know that you can lift your dog in case something happens situations happen all the time oh i make sure i can do squats with my partner jeffrey on my back like at least a few so if i have to fireman carry him out out of like an avalanche (laughs) or something i know i can (laughs) 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 oh there's another 
I like really like weightlifting, and that one really throws the cottage core TikTok community for a loop. <laughs> That's the one that they're, they're they're okay with the uh, with the Latin, and they're okay obviously with the foraging. Like they're there for that. Yep. But the, uh, the 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 weightlifting is like what? There's no yeah, like wait 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 wait. There's wait. no weightlifting on TikTok. The Chinese are not <laughs> are, are not promoting that. Like, we didn't expect this. <laughs> well, speaking speaking of uh, of propaganda, have you uh, are you into any of these uh, any of these uh, conspiracy theories, Illuminati and shit like that? Okay, so I'm like really bad about knowing about them, but I love listening to people enthusiastically pitching them to me. Nothing <laughs> brings me more joy. That's a lie. <laughs> Several things bring me more joy, but it does bring joy. Well, you are in for a treat then, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm so excited. Ooh, <laughs> tell me what I'm excited about, Mel. We are about to hear from our own, our own reporter, Sam Welch, with the Welch Report. Yes, Yeah. You ready for that? Here we go. I am so ready. Thank you for asking. You're listening to The Welch Report with Lampshade Media's own intrepid reporter, Sam Welch. Oh, my God. That's so crazy. I knew it. Oh, my God. You've got to be kidding me. They did what? What's the tea? Did you hear? All right, guys, so here's the deal. You know world-famous superstar Katy Perry? She's John Bonet Ramsey. Are you familiar with John Bonet Ramsey? She was a- Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> That's a bomb. Yeah, it is a big one. Uh, child beauty pageant winner, John Bonet Ramsey. Not, not a murder. No one died. No one got hurt. She's Katy Perry. <laughs> That's amazing. I know. I, I was shocked too. So what is the evidence? Well, first of all, they look a lot alike. Katy Perry and John Bonet Ramsey are blow both blonde white women but certainly surely not every blonde white woman right i'm just saying their eyebrows similar oh no oh i'm looking at a picture of them side by side now that you've said Mm -hmm. that oh i can't unsee this the face shape katie perry's memoir that she apparently has um one time wrote in reference to writing songs at an early age, not that I was one of those stage kids. There was no John Benet Ramsey waiting or inside of me waiting to burst out. Now, why would she make that reference if it wasn't a red herring? That is a super weird reference. I know, but you want to know what the smoking gun is? Yeah, I do. Now stay with me. In 2006, Perry tweeted the following. God bless America, land that I love, stand beside her and guide her. That is the same damn song that Joan Benet Ramsey sang at one of her pageants. There's videos of it online. Are you blown away? <laughs> what do you think, Alexis? <laughs> Are you insinuating that one, that song is never allowed to be sung by anyone else ever again? 
and two, uh, that Katy Perry only knows seven songs. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> okay, I rest my case. Dang. Okay, so what happened? What happened? Because are you familiar with uh, Katy Perry's rise to fame when she first was a Christian pop singer? Katie Hudson. Oh, yeah. Yes. I did hear about that as a then Christian music advocate. Okay, so here's what happened. John Bonet Ramsey uh, gets her death faked by the Illuminati. The Illuminati takes her and places her with two different parents. And then in the background, Katie Hudson, now Katie, pa well, this Katie Hudson and Katie Perry are the same person. Yes, but that's like the public perception because what happened was then the Illuminati found Katie Hudson and they were like, okay, well, we can't let people know that we faked this young child's death. So they took Katie Hudson's brand and turned it into Katy Perry. That's why it's so, that's why it's so much different. Went from Christian pop music to I Kissed a Girl and I Liked It and Waking Up in Vegas. And the Katie Hudson slash Katy Perry, the original Katie Hudson, she's just living her best life. She's just like got some kids being Christian somewhere. Wait, so there's a different Katie? I thought... You said Katy Perry and Katie Hudson were the same. No, no, no. There no. is a different Katie Hudson out no, there. No, no, no. They're the same. Like that's the public perception of it. That's what. That's like okay. okay. So you go on her Wikipedia. Katie Hudson, Katy Perry. That's in her other name. Same person. No, not true. Oh, Fake news. oh, of course. So they just kind of like Katie Hudson's like in witness protection or something. Illuminati witness protection. Yes. So and like, right. <laughs> she's like been disappeared. Right. So uh, yeah, because the Illuminati needed somebody to pin they like. They couldn't just bring this girl out of nowhere. Like they couldn't just bring John Bonet Ramsey back, and so they had to. Oh my gosh, that's genius! Wow, I know. So the Illuminati is just like in the business of empowering and uplifting teen pop sensations now. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, there is. I don't hate it. That's like way less sinister than anything else they get blamed for. The, the Illuminati is really just trying to encourage uh, bi-curious uh, people in college. Well, right, because that's part of the New World Order, um, letting women explore their sexualities. Now, if you think this is yeah. a good or a bad thing, that's up to you. I think it's a great thing. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting into some Alex Jones territory, which is um, where my research ended. Oh, is that where the frogs began? Yes. I, I started to get a little nervous when they started talking about frogs. So I decided to steer away from InfoWars and only to this Huffington Post article. Oh, man. HuffPo is just reporting on the hard-hitting They stories. really are. Yeah, so her murder was a hoax. They have similar eyebrows. And one time they both sang the same song. So, I mean, what else is there to say, honestly? You know, I, I, I got nothing. I am thoroughly convinced. Me too, honestly. Now, some people think, some people think, this is from the subreddit John Benet Ramsey, <laughs> that Katy Perry and John Benet Ramsey have similar features, and these features are both physical and vibrational. It's not that Katy Perry is John Benet, it's that John Benet could have been Katy Perry. <sighs> Mind blow. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, I'm not rewind. doing I'm not doing nearly enough acid to keep up with you right now. 
Yeah, I swear you just said the same word, but different. We're going, we're go, it's, this, it's like, it's like Inception is, or something. Uh, who, yes. who created who? Is, <laughs> deeper. Yes. So this is, this is this person's theory. Well, while that, it, while it is plausible that Katy Perry is John Benet Ramsey, they think it is more likely that they have, that John Benet Ramsey was indeed murdered, but they have, they have the same physical and vibrational features that Katy Perry is John Benet Ramsey reborn, even though Katy Perry is older than John Benet Ramsey. Uh, define vibrational features. Yeah, because we are we are you sponsored know, by the Garden. You know the same like personal <laughs> energy. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're talking about children here. This is a very serious matter. Oh yeah, well, we're talking about a out. dead child. <laughs> this is extremely serious. We're talking about the same personal energy, their qualities, their wavelengths, their vibes. You know how when you go into work and you're like, the vibes are off, I gotta go, and you go? No, that's that's (laughs) not how you keep a steady job. (laughs) I definitely hear, like, I don't know, vibrational energy gives me, like, the the old... uh, I don't know, uh, but I got a lot of friends that say it a lot. But then again, like I get energy. But like, what exactly when they're comparing two different people? I've never heard that. I've heard people say, "I don't know about the vibrations, the vibrations, this and like it's kind of like some new age kind of uh, mentality." But I've never heard somebody like has the same vibrational energy, and I don't know how that's measured. I don't know how it's measured either, but that's actually totally, definitely a thing. Um. People being, uh, no, but, like, actually, though, now, like, people being, like, oh, well, like, matter cannot be created or destroyed, same sort of thing with, like, people's souls, people's energies, people's vibes. So that actually is um, a real thing that I did not just make up. So is this, like, a, a Sailor Moon Sailor Scout situation? Never seen. Like, you're dead, but then you're also alive yes. again, but no longer on the moon, yes. and now a teenager who loves donuts yes that's exactly exactly it word for word <laughs> i don't hate it also one time at the b at the vmas what's his name billy eichner went up to Katy perry and said blink twice if you're john benet ramsey and you know what Katy perry did she blinked twice and then she said wait no that's not real and again i think it's a cry for help oh wow. i know deep stuff oh no dang wait why would her response be that's not real because the John Bonet case was definitely real. Well, well no, well, no, not it was, if it was oh. not if it was a hoax. Oh, there. Time's up. <laughs> God, I love that buzzer. <laughs> well, I think I don't know. I feel like halfway through, everybody was was very well convinced. Yep. And then towards the end, we started getting into vibrations. And every and I think you might have thrown Alexis off a little bit. Alexis, what do you think? Are you convinced? You know, can can my vote be like yes, convinced on Katy Perry being John Benet Ramsey, but like no, not convinced on vibrational energy? Yes, that's an acceptable vote. All right. Well, she's the boss. This is the Welch Report. <laughs> So I yeah, I guess that's a that's a winner. Sam, I want to thank you once again for an excellent, excellent report. Oh, you are so welcome. Unbiased Absolutely. and dedicated uh, yeah. journalism. If if not me, then who? If not now, then exactly. when? Exactly. I alone can fix it. <laughs>
If not John Bonet, then Katy Perry. If exactly, not Katy and Perry, not Katy Hudson. Then Sam. Oh. This is this is beautiful. Vibes, yo. Yeah, yeah, we're getting. I'm feeling your vibrational energy. Same. All right, Sam. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye, Sam. Well, that was fabulous. And I'm assuming since you are so well in the pocket of Hollywood elite that you already knew all of this. <laughs> oh yeah. That was, that was in the newsletter that they sent out uh, years ago. <laughs> I'm assuming. Yeah. You're in the subscription of the, uh, of the Illuminati uh, conspiracy theory uh, situation. I mean, honestly, it's not a horrible group to be in. We do a cookie dough sale every year to raise money. You know, we have a good time. <laughs> When you're at the at the uh, yearly party, Spike Lee was like, "Hey, Alexis, uh, did you hear about Katy Perry?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, she's uh, right over there signing autographs as Don Benet Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that is that how you got into uh, with 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 all the wokeness in Hollywood? Is that is that your introduction into uh, into veganism then? Oh, okay. So my intro into veganism is much closer to like the me befriending a tree at age five energy. <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. You were age five, best friends a tree. Oh, vegan for life. Okay, so I'm not kidding. I came home from kindergarten one day and slammed my fists on the uh, the countertop in our kitchen. And was just like, I'm going vegetarian because I didn't know what vegan was at that point in time. And my parents both looked at each other and were like, not until you're done growing. So then I set a timer for my 12th birthday, at which point I felt like I was close enough to the height I was going to end up topping out at. And for my 12th birthday, my parents let me uh, go vegetarian, which was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there is there any evidence to support the idea that that being vegan does will stunt your growth <laughs> probably not my parents just didn't want to be inconvenienced by a child more so than they already were by having a child this fucking tree hugger <laughs> exactly they're just like it's already bad enough we can't freaking go to the bahamas all the time anymore and now she's sitting here telling us we got to make our meals more complicated no thank you <laughs> but they so they are they still not vegan they are still not vegan and they both have a very loose grasp on what the term means <laughs> I have a lot of vegan friends. I, I have a decent amount of vegan friends. And I and and honestly, that's a just as I've gone through my my midlife crisis and my transition from like hard right fundamentalist Christian to whatever the fuck I am now, all of a sudden now I'm like, I probably should be vegan. I honestly have that a little bit of that guilt complex, but I also can't stop eating meat and i feel weird about it do you have any advice for me oh man uh for me i the guilty feeling was just like so overwhelming that i wasn't enjoying dishes that i know from an objective standpoint were good which is why i was like it is time 
<laughs> like yeah. I can I can part ways with this. But like take things at your own pace. You can do like a you can kick it with like a meatless Monday. I know a lot of people have been into that to kind of like oh, yeah. lower their meat consumption each week. Right. Uh that's uh, a fun and good time. You could be like me and omit dairy for the first time kind of as a joke and then realize you've been lactose intolerant this whole time and that you're not supposed to take 45 <laughs> minutes in the bathroom every single time. Didn't know that till I was in my 20s. You say that like it's a bad thing. 45 minutes in the bathroom <laughs> to me is a fucking vacation. <laughs> Once again, unless you're trying to keep a job, Mel. <laughs> Boss makes a dollar, I make a dime. That's why I shit on company time. <laughs> I feel like I could only use the excuse I really wanted those Bosco sticks so many times during my first job out of work. <laughs> Look, I don't I don't know about meat, but I will say that uh I don't care how fucking vegan it is, Indian food will like absolutely destroy my work day. Oh my gosh, it's so so I didn't know this until I went from vegetarian to vegan, but Indian cuisine especially when it's been Americanized, is so butter-heavy. And I was like, how are you going to tell me that this dish that is 95% vegetable, the other 5% is just butter? What? <laughs> That's vegetarian. Exactly. Which, like, hey, still cool. That's what I did for, you know, like 13 years of my life before I wanted to upgrade my ivory tower to the taller model. Yeah. <laughs> Well, when's the last time you've eaten meat? Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I just told this story on a live stream last week. So the last time that I ate meat, two years ago, I was on Martha's Vineyard hanging out with my family. And I spent I spent like most of my summers there. And Spike up. Lee. <laughs> with Spike Lee. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> saying nothing to him. And there's a, a little pizza shop in the town where uh, we all live called Giordano's. And because, like, the Cape Verdean population is really high in Cape Cod, at a lot of pizza joints, especially local pizza joints, instead of seeing pepperoni pizza, uh, you'll have linguiça pizza. And linguiça is a spicy um, Portuguese sausage that, like, even with my not having had either of them in years, I know still is superior to pepperoni. Ah, and I grew up eating it, and, like, that was, as a, a little kid, the one thing I could completely eliminate my guilt while eating. <laughs> I was just like, nope, I just decided I forget what this is while yeah. I am eating this slice of pizza. <laughs> I don't need to see it made. I'm just going to eat it. Exactly. And I'm like, it's, it's, you know, it's part of my culture. I'm taking part in my culture. So I hadn't had it. I hadn't had linguiça pizza. Oh my god! Probably in fifteen years. And uh, I tell I tell my partner that for something that is like meaningful and close to my heart, I will break my veganism at max once a year. Um, but it can't be for something like dumb, like a Big Mac. Like it has to be for something that I don't know, like makes my soul happy to counteract how sad it is also feeling yeah and so we we went to the pizza shop he had never had linguisa pizza before we both ordered a slice uh and let me tell you the first 10 minutes 
total bliss. It was like being a kid again, having the time of my life. It's like I could see colors that I hadn't seen in years. But the second that those 10 minutes were up, atrocious, horrible, zero out of 10, would not recommend to a friend, not enough Pepto-Bismol on that entire island to fix huh. the damage that I did to myself that day. It has to be shocking to your system to get that much grease, right? Oh, 100%. And I was like, I know it's the grease, but the little kid in me is just like, it's because you did it bad. <laughs> you deserve this, you dirty bitch. Exactly. That's that is what my gastrointestinal system was telling me and honestly not wrong. What is the motivating factor for you now as an adult like the, when you think about veganism? Oh, definitely like 95% ethical reasons, 5% health reasons. Okay. Like, okay. I do feel a lot better now, and that was not the goal I was going for when I got rid of all the rest of the, uh, you know, animal-based things in my diet. Like, I, I went vegan for the same reason that I went vegetarian at age 12, and it's because eating meat makes me sad, uh, and the industrial farm complex also makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah. So I've even I've even told Jeff and uh, this is I'm gonna have to hand in my my superpowers and my vegan membership card after this one. But I was telling Jeff that if we ever get a house in the country and get chickens, like I would eat eggs from chickens that like we're taking care of that we know are living nice yeah. happy lives. You know, I was gonna ask um, you about that because I know people that are otherwise vegan that have mm -hmm. their own chickens that they have in their backyard. And chickens produce a ton of eggs and they just, they do. there's no point in throwing the eggs away. Exactly. And I'm like, if you're, if you're giving a chicken a nice life and they're happy and you know, they're, they're laying, then I personally don't see an issue with that. Um, people already try to take my vegan card away because I still eat honey, even though I only get it from like local apiaries and beekeepers uh, because they're giving bees homes and without bees, our agriculture falls apart. Yeah. That's an interesting thing, too. I, I was a big fan of this uh, meadery. They make mead, the uh, drink of kings, uh, which is honey wine. It's wine yes. made from honey. You're not going to be surprised, but I have made mead before. But continue. Oh, I'll be damned. That does sound like <laughs> something a forager would do. But no, I my vegan friends were like, no, I'm not going to drink mead because... Uh, you know, they replace th that honey is made for the bees to consume and they replace it with, with, uh, sugar, uh, you know, whatever, uh, what, what, what do they put in there? They, they, it's some sort of sugar mixture that they replace the honey with to feed the bees. Oh yeah. Yeah. Usually it's, it's probably just like a sugar syrup or like yeah. a, a corn syrup right. or something like that. And, uh, and that was enough for them to be like, no, they're, they're going to know about on that. And I'm like, oh yeah, I guess like, fuck, like, I don't know. I guess I can see your, from your, you know, from a, not yours, but from their idealistic perspective, I can understand why they would, would draw that line. But I'm like, God damn, like they are kind of like, you know, hosting these bees and giving them like a whole deal. Like, I don't know. The whole bee thing is a huge deal, though. Like, bees seem to be, like, some sort of a backbone of our ecology. Yeah, I mean, very much so. And now with 
kind of how like monoculture and aggressive our agriculture has gotten in the United States, we have kind of formed like an unbreakable tryst with them. Like we need them and they need us. Otherwise, like both of our lives fall apart. Yeah. So honey is like, we, we should call it blood honey. Probably. Is that I'm I'm also curious. Another thing I'm curious about, I wanted to ask you about the about chicken and chicken and chicken eggs. Uh, but another thing I'm curious about is this lab grown meat. If and I feel like this lab grown meat could really solve a lot of problems because one of the big reasons I feel like I should be vegan is because of global warming and because factory farming is such a huge contributor to global warming. But if we could grow this meat in a lab that's just literally just the muscles that we want to eat, that is grown in a lab, that there's not an actual animal suffering uh, to do so, and it tastes like meat, like people are going to fucking be able to eat that and enjoy it in the way that they want to and also be ethical, right? Yeah. Would you, be, I mean, would so you start eating it? I, I don't know, because now I am at this point where I'm just like, eh, I feel good and fine and strong, you know, I've run half marathons without eating meat and yeah. I'm like strong without eating meat. So I feel like I'd probably with lab grown meat, if it you know ever becomes a thing and still probably just be like a every once in a while, special occasion -y, kind of dealio for me but that's just me yeah and that makes sense that makes sense because you've already become accustomed to that lifestyle and that mm -hmm. that's the one thing i think that a lot of people maybe don't recognize i i've i've at least recognized it although i haven't uh taken the effort to actually do anything about it but we decide our tastes we, you know, we choose those by habit, right? Yes. And if you, oh, I was going to call a loved one out and be like, yeah, so try new foods, loved one, but I'm not going to do that because I just teased <laughs> them about it earlier today. <laughs> well, if there's any place to do it, it's here on my podcast. They'll surely hear it. <laughs> but no, I, yeah, like, honestly, we do get to decide what it is that we want to eat. Like, there's definitely foods that I haven't liked the first time that I've tried them, but I've kind of made myself eat them enough that they've grown on me. Cauliflower is one of them. And I still don't feel good about the fact that I feel good about it now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, cauliflower wings are so good. They're so good. They have no business being that good. It's incredible to me that they can actually taste and be the, have that crispy outer coating and everything like a chicken wing has and have that you know it doesn't it obviously makes sense to me that they can put the same sauce on a on a piece of cauliflower that they can a chicken wing right but mm -hmm. they actually like represent the texture fairly well oh yeah and like the people who go all out and like you know dip it in the, the cornstarch and flour first and then like fry it and then dip it in the sauce, like go all out with them. I'm like, at that point, you may as well be eating a chicken wing, except you can eat like, you know, 20 of them and walk away after. <laughs> I will say that the one thing that drives me crazy about my vegan friends is their constant need to uh, trick me into eating vegan oh, food. No. 
<laughs> no, like, you gotta be you gotta be upfront about that kind of stuff. Because I too hate being tricked. And I would be so mad if someone tricked me in the other direction. Oh my gosh. That would be yeah, that would be offensive because that person would clearly know that you didn't want to eat meat. And and my vegan friends know that I don't that I'm not offended by eating vegetables. You know what I mean? Like so I don't mind being tricked exactly. necessarily. It's just one of those funny things that I'm like, and, and it's not even, they're not even capable of tricking me because as soon as like they offer me food, I know it's fucking vegan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they're not going to prepare me like a fucking bacon wrapped uh, steak or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. I offered to make you a bacon wrapped hosta shoot, but that was just oh, me yeah. being a friend. This was the trick was that you were trying to get me hooked on hosta. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a means to an end. Bacon was the gateway drug. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I go to vegan uh well some there's some of these restaurants uh, about town um where they'll have a menu that's like half vegan and half uh meat, right? And mm-hmm. but but then they'll play these fucked up games where they'll call it a, a sandwich, a BLT, you know? And I'm like, I know what a BLT is. And uh, that sounds pretty good to me right now. And then I order the motherfucking thing and it's not a goddamn BLT at all. It's some vegan bullshit. No. And I'm like, what the fuck am I eating? This is not a bacon, lettuce, and tomato. You know? No, it's not. It's probably a coconut bacon lettuce and tomato (laughs) the other two are safe the other two are safe here's the thing though is when you go to a restaurant when you are eating with someone that gives a shit about what they're eating like vegans do it's almost always amazing the food is incredible because they actually are they give a shit about what they're eating they're not fucking microwaving a goddamn chicken patty you know yeah, um, you have to put a lot of like a, a whole lot of TLC into vegan food more often than not, and I I think that just leaves a bit a bit more room for love, a bit more room for experimenting for crazy spices and whatnot. And oh yeah, I don't know. I always joke that like vegans compensate for like other things that would be missing by like spicing things up, but I also don't think that's bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, hundred percent. Well, like, yeah, I mean, that's the typical like white American thing to do is not have any spice and just like, oh, well, meat tastes like this, you know. Vegans make some goddamn good food, but when they call it something like, if you call something, uh, chicken, but you put a Y and a fucking extra like you know thing in there to uh-huh. make. And, and, and then I'm just confused because I'm ignorant. You know what I mean? And I'm like, this doesn't, <laughs> this doesn't is taste this like chicken. Is bad at spelling or are they a vegan? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, this doesn't taste like chicken. But like, if I wasn't like presented with this idea of chicken at all and somebody served me that, I'd be like, oh, that tastes pretty good. Yeah, that is 100% the way that my partner feels about vegan food. Just like, (laughs) never lie to me about what this is and never compare it to something that is like an unveganable counterpart. Yeah. Like, like my favorite thing to do is to call my cheese cheese. And he's like, that is not cheese. That 
is a, that is a handful of cashews that you curate <laughs> and put into a cheese wheel. And it's very good, but it's not cheese. I'm like, okay, okay. I can see the temptation to want to compare it to cheese, right? But like mm-hmm. a direct comparison might not work. But if you take away the comparison, if you take away the word cheese and just present it as a thing that's tasty, it's like, oh, well, fuck yeah. Now now I, I can get into it. I would agree with you on all counts except for the cashew things because calling something a nut spread does not help you sell it. <laughs> this is, I feel the same thing about milk. Like everybody wants to call yes. everything fucking milk. And I'm like, no, no, nuts do not have tits. Okay. Okay, but at the same time, what am I going to call it? Um, <laughs> wet oat? Juice. Okay, but it's also not really juice because it's not a fruit that you're juicing. There are tiny particulates of a grain or nut in that liquid, and that's not what juice is. This is almond moisture. <laughs> <laughs> That made me cringe in like seven different unique ways. <laughs> well, now I've uh, I feel like I've done my job as a as a uh, an edgy podcaster. <laughs> exactly. Bing bang boom. Case is closed on this one. Closes laptop. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm out. <laughs> There's different kinds of vegans. There's your militant, like angry and protester vegans, right? Like, do you go to protests and like shit like that? Um, I don't really go to vegan protests. I just like volunteer with that time at like sanctuaries. Okay. What is that? Wait, what do you mean uh, by that? Like volunteer at sanctuaries? Like you go and like like feed, uh pigs that were supposed to be slaughtered but now they're in a sanctuary yeah exactly okay okay and you name them and and then they never die uh precisely exactly and you you hang out with them you you know help them get taken care of uh i like grew up going to a very like outdoorsy getting muddy and stuff all the time kind of like summer camp most summers when i wasn't at martha's vineyard so i'm like not averse like okay we are going to shovel some pig poop today but (laughs) it's helping out so that's fine yeah because the the shit just keeps coming it does everybody poops Uh, let me ask you this like this is something that i see with my when I'm hanging out with my vegan buddies and I and like I said I have a certain group and 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 I see this happen all the fucking time everybody thinks they've got the fucking statement that is just going to stop a vegan in their tracks right always <laughs> right like like oh oh so you don't even kill a mosquito or uh or uh like <laughs> uh well I can't even think of another one. There's just so many of these, these little like, like gotcha, you know, things like what is the most annoying? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know exactly. And they're like, I'm going to think of something that I currently can't think of any value it adds. And I'm going to ask you if you've ever hurt one before. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I gotcha here. And, most of uh, even though like 
my my vegan friends are are protesters and are militant and, and and that kind of thing. They're also very fucking cool and they have nothing but love for me, even though they know I am still consuming meat. You know, they're just like they're just reaching out to me. They're like trying to offer me other options and they don't shove it down my throat. And then yet every time they run into someone and, and veganism comes up, somebody's like right there, ready to fucking shove something down their throat, you know? So I can see the us, them kind of dynamic there, you know? The thing that's always really crazy to me is I feel like everyone is talking about some nameless vegan out there in the void who is like yelling at every single omnivore, every single omnivore. Right. And I have yet to meet that vegan. Yeah. But because everybody has that idea in their head, like that's the image that's conjured up when you tell someone that you don't eat animal products. So I feel like people go on the defensive immediately Mm -hmm. and are just like, I have these things ready to say to not only defend my choices, but to maybe make you feel bad about yours. And you know what? It's the same thing with almost every uh, uh, situation like that. Like, for instance, if somebody's, uh, you know, in the LGBTQ community, uh, somebody's going to have the, somebody that that's ignorant and fucking uh, one, one of these conservative types is going to be like, oh, and they're going to have this example of the militant uh, gay person that's like trying to like fucking change traditional things. And, you know, and it's like all of this anger and it's like, Hey, uh, just get to know some fucking gay people. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like if you actually like just get to know some, you'd probably like realize how fucking stupid you sound. Exactly. Um, But a lot of people just, have their thoughts about certain groups of people set in stone and i'm just like eh, okay yeah. i just won't talk to those people then That's right fine. no even given my weird feelings that i know i should eat at least i feel like i should at least i don't know i don't think i'll ever be vegan to be honest with you but i feel like i should only be eating meat once or twice a week at most at most and it, I feel like even less would be appropriate. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I can eat just vegetables. I know that, that that's an actual thing, and that's something that I should probably be moving towards. And I'm addicted, but I also smoke cigarettes, you know? I know that's killing me. Yeah. Literally killing me, my own person. Now, a lot of vegans would argue that, that eating meat is also killing me, but anyway. But uh, how many of them, you know have physiology degrees or are doctors. <laughs> I will say vegans do shoot themselves in the foot with a lot of their health arguments. Eh, that's probably. Uh, well, I don't know. Everyone's always just like, but where do you get your protein? I'm like, listen, I don't know, but all I do know is that I can deadlift my body weight, so I'm getting it from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, now that's, yeah, that's not the uh, the one I would bring up. I think the thing that, like, that kind of drives me nuts a little bit is, like, the arguments that, like, humans are were are meant to be herbivores, you know? Humans oh. were never, humans were never omnivores, like, and all of this kind of shit. And I'm like, look, you don't have to make that argument. That's not a necessary argument to support your case. You know what I mean? 
do they know that they could choose to be not wrong? It's literally why we like found ourselves on the North American continent as human beings, because we were chasing large game. Yeah. So there's a lot of vegans that like that want to, you know, support their cause adamantly. And I can like I can applaud that. Right. But then I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, like, just don't, no, don't make that argument. Like, that's not the one. You know what I mean? I feel like it's so possible to be like, this is how things used. But then we, I mean, I think you can also make the same case for some of like the crops that we grow and consume way too much of. Like we just got to a point of excess and now we're kind of like backpedaling, turning huge swaths of the prairie or the rainforest into either grazing areas or, you know, large monoculture things of soy and corn also not good for the earth and a reason to like encourage diversifying people's diets sure you can acknowledge that your ancestors like needed it to get by from time to time uh without that meaning that you need it now i've never seen the uh i've never seen the the need to not acknowledge that humans have eaten meat for like their entire history. Right. Yeah. It, that, that bothers me. It doesn't like, I don't know. It's not like it's, it's like, I, it doesn't make me angry. You know what I mean? It's just like a thing where it's mm-hmm. like, well, that's just not, you can't support that. Like just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I want to make, I want to die on this technical hill. Cause I'm a, I'm a scientific skeptic skeptic damn it you know (laughs) well as i love to say it's literally free to not say wrong things (laughs) yeah but nobody's ever taken that up have they (laughs) like people just keep saying wrong things i find myself saying that every day while i scroll through facebook while i scroll through twitter while i scroll through tiktok Uh, man there are so many wild ideas out there you know this is a subject change, but God bless my mother. She doesn't, I told her not to listen to the podcast anymore and to stop recommending it to her Christian friends because it's offensive. But, (laughs) but she, she recently, and I, I did bring this up on the podcast before, but she recently like made a post on Facebook that, that if I come down with COVID, I want hydroxychloroquine and zinc and whatever the fuck other thing that Trump promoted and whatever this, uh, you know, this shit. And I'm just like, mom, can you just not be wrong? Just <laughs> please. <laughs> just, you're, she was doing so good because she was actually supporting masks and wearing masks and being safe about COVID and accepting that COVID was a real actual threat, you know? And, and she was, you know, she was doing a really good job in that. And she was actually like, she talked to me personally. She was like, you know, it's so it's so upsetting that my my peers, my Christian friends aren't, you know, accepting this and taking this seriously. But it was like she just couldn't quite make the step fully away from her bubble or her peer group. You know what I mean? <laughs> to, to, Baby steps. To announce like the, the hydroxychloroquine was like not the answer to everything. Honestly, my new favorite thing is just to like drop medical studies in people's comments 
they don't have to read them, but I want them to know that they're there. Yeah, people hate that. They do a lot. <laughs> when I say people, yes, I mean though. people that are like quoting uh, Fox articles or something, you know. Yeah, and everyone thinks that because they like one particular news source has said something that they have like done research. Yeah, right. And I'm like, mm, mm, mm. oh, but did you look into any of the things that they cited? Like, that's always a good first step. Seriously, did they cite man. something. Look at the thing they cited. See what it says in its uh, totality. Make your own decisions. But once again, everyone's very busy and does not want to do that. So I'm I, I consider myself a scientific skeptic and 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 I know that that might sound a little uh, pretentious I guess because I'm not a college educated person but I do know that I can trust that there are if there are a thousand people that uh, that have spent their entire fucking life dedicated to a certain subject I'm gonna give them a little extra you know, fucking, uh, credit, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when, when they're with their opinion. Exactly. Exactly. And if they have an opinion, I'm going to be like, Oh, their entire life they spent studying that. Huh? That's a little bit more interesting than fucking, you know, this you who on fucking YouTube. <laughs> you mean Sandra from down the street and her accounting degree doesn't know how the human body works? Yeah. How about a thousand of uh, of people that have dedicated their lives to their fucking research? Not not their their hobby, not the thing they do on the weekends when they're not like, you know, doing their other shit. No, their actual job, the thing they get paid to do, the thing that their passion is in. Those people have spent their entire lives researching and do and building their 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 whole their whole information base that they can pull from for their entire fucking life. No, they get a little extra credit over the YouTube fucking whack job, for sure. It's God, and people just get so mad when you say that to them. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fucking obnoxious like to have to to have to constantly be like dealing with this i still have i still have a few people left in my facebook group that have not deleted me um from my my christian days and 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 those people are they happen to be the most radical and i won't delete them because i have a thing i have a a personal ideology that i will not cut my i i will not intentionally shrink my bubble okay i'm i'm not gonna cut people out of my bubble and 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 i will if it's offensive if it's hurtful if it's like especially harmful i will delete a comment but other than that if it makes them look stupid i'm gonna leave it up you know what i mean if if whatever honestly sometimes that's the best way for a person to learn unfortunately I don't think that many people learn from looking stupid. I think they think they look smart, but I'm not deleting comments. I'm not into censorship. If it's harmful, if it's actually like, if they're saying offensive things, I've, I've deleted my, my mother's comments before because they were fucking harmful because they were hurtful. And she didn't know that my mom has a really big heart. My mom is a loving person, but she says some ignorant ass shit that she doesn't know is fucking hurtful. And I'll delete that shit. But 
the shit that makes her look stupid, I told her. I've I've, I've messaged her. I've private messaged. She said something real fucking dumb. I'm like, mom, I'm not going to delete that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> But uh no, I still have I still have these people that 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 say these things and I I engage with them, you know, and it is a job. Yeah. <laughs> it's on it like it honestly is, but you're also just like, oh, but I feel obligated to be doing this job for like the betterment of mankind. I feel obligated to be doing it because I am that person. 10 years ago, 10 years ago, I was them. You know what I mean? I identify with them to a point because I was the worst fucking uh, right winger. I was that guy. I, I voted against gay marriage. I voted against Obama twice. I was the, uh, the typical right wing AM radio rush Limbaugh ditto head like I was that guy. I know how they think and I get it and through no credit to to me, through pure fucking luck, I was given like this different perspective that I somehow accepted, right? But not everybody gets that chance and they're, you know, it, 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 I don't know how like I my like, one of my goals in life is how do you reach the people that grew up like me, you know? How do you change? Yeah, I mean, how what, do you change minds? What flipped the switch for you? I think it was a, a random um, chance. To be honest, I was taken out of my bubble. Like I grew up in Toledo, Ohio, and I moved to Columbus when I got married in two thousand and four. So I was removed from my bubble, and I was put into this new city, and I never found the similar kind of church environment that I had in Toledo. So I was kind of on my own. You know, mm-hmm. and I happened to run into some very intelligent people that asked me questions that I couldn't answer and that made me think, you know, and then I started questioning God a lot, you know, and like, hey, you know, these are some pretty reasonable uh, requests uh, that people are are, are asking, and uh, I kind of agree with them in logic. I actually was learning about logic and I thought to myself, yeah, this makes sense and God will be able to answer these questions. And then I had a, I had a season where I was just praying to God to answer these questions and not hearing anything back. And that was a, that was a terrifying time in my life. Not going to lie. No, that is, especially when like a source of, of steadiness in your life for like a really long time. It's scary. Oh, for sure. For sure. Because I was using religion to deal with my depression also. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't realize that. So what I was really doing was kicking the can down the road and pretending that my depression was just Satan, uh, you know, doing these things. Right. And uh, so realizing that this was actually a real problem in my brain that I needed to actually address as a part of my own person. You know what I mean? This was this was something that was within my physical person that I needed to deal with. 
that was a fucking game changer. This wasn't an external thing. This was an internal thing. Oh my gosh. And then I imagine like the changes probably, probably happened pretty quickly from that point. I, I feel like once you get to like the religion questioning, you're just like, oh no, well, if this has been busted wide open, what else? No, that's exactly it. And, and I will say it's probably, I mean, it's still happening to be honest with you. Like I'm still changing. Um, but there was a very long transition and it was, uh, basically every idea that I had was, uh, individually turned one by one, you know, and I'll, I'll never forget like, uh, having, I think one of the first things was like, uh, homosexuality, like, uh, like, my relationship with the LGBTQ community changed when I actually got to know some people that were in the LGBTQ community. Cause I just thought they were exactly. I just thought they were always uh, depressed because they were sinners. And it turns out that I only knew gay people in the church. And of course they're Mm -hmm. fucking depressed. They're in the church. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Like they, of course they're depressed. They're being told they're sinners constantly. Jesus Christ. So that was one of the first things that changed. But, like, I, I remember, like, changing a lot of ideas I had and then somebody being like, yeah, but you still think global warming's a hoax, don't you? And being like, oh, fuck, okay. Well, yeah, no, they're right. I got to investigate that because I do still think that, and I don't know why. And, uh, and that's, like, every one, of, every, every one of the ideas I held I had to go through and investigate individually to know why I believed what I believed because I didn't know why I believed these things. I just believed them because I was told them. I mean, I hope that you sit back sometimes Mel and just like realize how truly like truly badass of an action it is to do that kind of introspection and ask yourself those kinds of questions. Cause that's amazing. Like a lot of people don't want to do that hard work. So they just don't. It's Here's the thing is I get it. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. And it, and it also removes you from your community. Yeah. You, you're literally, and I will say that I don't want to take that too far because like I was in a, uh, a far less rigid, uh, sect of religion than like, say, a uh, Seventh Day Adventist, Mormon, uh, you know, Scientologist, whatever other fucking cult like religion there is. The religion I was into was just like your typical radical Christian, right? I was, a, I was, I would call it radical, but it was Christianity all the same. So everybody believes in Jesus. Everybody believes in heaven and hell, you know. So that was more acceptable socially. But I still had this kind of separation from my from my peers. It wasn't as extreme as some other, you know, religious groups, but it was still disorienting and and I still had to find community in a new place. And it was scary. But you did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they taught me idealism and they didn't know that would blow back on them. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, once they just told me, like, they, they always, like, taught me, like, absolute truth and all these kinds of things. And I'm like, all right, 
So give me your absolute truth. Like, let's really test it because it's got to be absolute, right? <laughs> oh, no. And then you're like, oh, no, the world is full of gray areas. Yeah. You know what, though? Uh, that made the world a lot more interesting for me, a lot more yeah. wonderful. You know what I mean? Yeah. The wonder, just the ability to wonder. I don't need an answer for every fucking thing. I can just wonder, you know, like I can literally just give that up and be like, I don't, I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's like, it's super, it's super freeing. And this is, this is coming from someone who was like white knuckling the little bit of like religion that, you know, I had left over going into college before I was just like, Oh no, no, we just got to, uh, throw the, the whole thing out. <laughs> gotta, gotta reorient the way that I see the world a little bit now. Yeah. What was what was your relationship with religion before and after that? So it's it's weird because my family kind of went through like cyclical times of being like pretty in it to win it with uh, religion, and then kind of being a little more distant, like really only going to church on holidays. Uh, I think a lot of that stemmed from the fact that my mom is Roman Catholic um, and my dad is Baptist, which are two very different flavors. Oh, for sure. It's amazing that they could actually be in a relationship. Well, they're not anymore. If that makes you feel any better. (laughs) Fair enough. But yeah, I really wish someone close to them had waved that red flag a little higher and a little faster <laughs> early on. Yeah. Um, oh, then maybe I wouldn't be here. Who knows? But then I wouldn't know the difference. So whatever. Butterfly effect. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, so on my mom's side of the family, you know, r- religion was for like solemnity it was for like quiet time together with the family. Um, it was for a little feeling like holier than thou. Uh, you know, I feel like Catholicism just kind of comes with that. You feel like yeah. you're better than everybody else, but you also feel like you're absolute trash. It's a very conflicting set of feelings. That is one of the most scary things to me about religion and about cults in general is cults and religion are the same fucking thing. It's just a matter of popularity. You know what I mean? Cults are less popular than religions. The idea that I was taught my entire life was that I was a complete piece of shit. And that the only thing of value that I had was Jesus Christ. That that was it. The only thing in my life that meant anything good was Jesus Christ. And I was taught that from day one on, and it was the whole thing. And and that's the same with any like Christian ideology. I feel like is that you are garbage, you are trash, you are, you know, you, you got original sin, you know, you are born into sin and you are just, you have to fucking accept Christ into your heart and let him change you, and it's all his power, and it's all his work, and he will change you into something that's worth a goddamn, right? Exactly. So when you already feel like you're 
less than like exactly. of course you're going to grasp onto any sense of community that accepts you like of yeah. course you're going to latch onto this idea that somehow you know go going to church every sunday and going to bible study and like doing all of this of course you're going to latch onto the idea that that'll make you better mm -hmm. um well even when you start having those little thoughts that are just like mm, but i'm not sure i agree with that thing you just said but I also don't want to go to hell. So, yeah. Well, when when I was in Nashville a few years back, I went to the Scientology Center there. Just us and some friends on a lark went to fuck with them. You know what I mean? We wanted to go and just see what the deal was and and we had no intention of actually believing any of that bullshit, right? But we just wanted to fuck with it and see what the deal was. So, it was fucking alarming how they played the game because it was exactly like what I had grown up with. You're a bad person. You need Jesus to be a good person, except they were way more on the head. Like they were like, you are a piece of shit in very specific ways. And let me tell you about how specific they are. And, and they use psychological terms instead of spiritual terms to tell you what a piece of shit you were. You know what I mean? So That's how they earn the word science in their God awful name. Right, right. No, it's, it was very, it was very scary. Uh, and that's how they manipulate people is because, People are insecure. People are afraid. Yeah. People are depressed. People feel bad about themselves already. That's where con artists can take advantage of them, you know? Exactly. And I think, especially in the last couple of centuries, as like people have needed the community that religion brings less, it's it kind of becomes a like, ooh. Okay, so how are we gonna get people to keep their butts in seats? <laughs> yeah, as as people have found different communities and found ways, that's one of the, the the blessings of the internet is that people have been able to find community in places that uh, that they haven't before, right? Like, oh, like I really like this fucking nerdy shit. You know what I mean? Like, I like foraging. <laughs> <laughs> Let's join 17 different foraging Facebook groups. Whee! But seriously, though, no, you can find community with people that with like minds mm -hmm. in ways that you never could before, you know, because when you were in your small town in fucking 1940, you know, you, you might have some foraging skills based on the culture because it was a different culture. And yeah, there was maybe, oh, maybe people were able to like understand that dandelions were tasty in certain dishes, you know, <laughs> but now you can find very specific ways to connect with people. And that is, is a powerful way to have that human connection without the extra, you know, trappings of, Oh, also gay people are bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this bullshit. <laughs> Right. Mel, are you trying to tell me that the internet is good for something? I kind of think the internet is good for something. If not no, for the the just the idea that you can connect with like people, it also exposes the horrible people. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, like I so once a week since COVID has really gotten underway, my mom's side of the family does a family Zoom call. 
And we we pick a theme each week. And a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about race relations. With most people in our family being people of color, now, you know, as the family's gotten bigger, I have like cousins who are uh, biracial. I have cousins who have married into the family who are white. So just, you know, really getting a lot of different generations talking from my like 91-year-old grandfather all the way down through my like 10-year-old cousins. And my... It was a little disheartening, but also made me a little hopeful hearing like my grandfather and my mom and her older sister being like, yeah, not a lot actually changed between me being a kid and now, but now things are changing very rapidly. <laughs> oh, wow. This is your, um, your my grandfather, your 91 like, year yeah, old grandfather the Voting rights act happened and the civil rights act happened, but like people were still racist and shitty. <laughs> Yeah. Just because they can't disenfranchise you in one way doesn't mean they won't disenfranchise you in another. But he's like, now that people are like capturing these moments on on their cameras, <laughs> he's just like, all these people that would have been on the fence otherwise, or like would have played devil's advocate otherwise, or you know yep. wouldn't have wanted to look deeper into it, really have no choice. Mm -hmm. And those are the folks that are going to turn the tide, unfortunately. Yeah, because uh, if if there's not that that evidence, then they can't. If they're gonna try and play that game where they're oh, benefit of the doubt for the authority figures, if they're gonna try and play that game, they can't fucking play that game when there's video evidence. The nine minute video of fucking George Floyd being murdered. No, they, exactly. They they can't and they can't even play the game. So I I definitely agree with you that the the internet and the advent of smartphones is like it's going to drag all of us kicking and screaming into a better society and i'm super jazzed about it i'm also man and i as much as i like want to uh inspire hope in my friends and my community i am terrified of the divide right now because yeah there is this culture of shunning everybody that disagrees with you. And, mm -hmm. and as now, obviously like I'm, I'm like a white straight fucking, you know, uh, uh, cis guy. I feel like it's my responsibility to talk to people like me, you know, and tell them the truth as I see it. But a lot of people like me are saying like, no, I'm just going to not talk to them. I'm going to fucking block them or I'm going to, I'm going to cut them out. And, and, and I'm like, fuck, like, what are you going to do? Are you going to kill them? Like they disagree with you. And if you're not talking to them, then you're cutting them out of your circle and nobody's, nobody's, they're not going to hear your perspective. You know, mm -hmm. nobody's hearing the perspective and that's what, I needed fucking 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And so for, for me, you know, the, the alternate to the, the perspective you're coming at a lot of these issues from, I'm coming to these as like a black, you know, queer, you know, bisexual woman. Uh, you know, I, I check a lot of the intersectional boxes for, uh, 
people who make some people mad for unfortunate reasons. And there is such a hard line to walk between trying to educate the people around you and just like literally depleting yourself being exposed to people who for whatever reason right um don't want you to be as safe as they are and Mm -hmm. so i love the fact that you mel are not cutting people out of your circle and you are still out there educating you are still sharing your perspective you're still calling things as you see it i very much try to do the same but i have certainly had not even a lot of people just like a handful of people in the course of the last few months where I'm just like honestly having you here on my feed is like hurting me like it's hurting me because you were so far gone and so very much at a point where my safety doesn't really mean a lot to you mm-hmm. and you can only talk to those folks uh so many times I even had one of them who was just like, okay, well, she was dating someone who very frequently would say like, you know, fuck your black lives matter. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, but if you're going to like not call out your significant other for that kind of shit, and I have to see that shit on your posts all the time, and we've had a conversation about it more than once. I'm I'm like going to take a break from your posts or I'm going to unfollow them or I'm going to unfriend you because like, listen, people of color are caring enough. <laughs> Always. How could anybody blame you? Yeah, it's it's hard because you really want people to learn and you want to have like a front seat to their epiphany. But yeah. lately I've just I've been having to know when to fucking throw in the towel otherwise you just like get your heart broken over and over and over again when it comes to my friends that my 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 friends uh of color i am like yeah no block them fucking unfriend them get that shit out of your feed because you don't need that shit you don't need that shit and uh to be honest uh white people that are already fucking uh prone to these ideas aren't going to listen to you so there's no benefit there's not there i mean if you want to get extreme maybe you could go and make a difference in some some crazy way but it's very unlikely that they're going to listen to somebody that's black if they already have these fucking ideas right who they're going to listen to is is people like me like you know what i mean i look like a fucking good old boy you know i look just like them and and if I come at them and say, oh, you know, um, actually, like, you know, that's that's a weird idea that you have there. Why do you think that they might actually listen to me because I look like them? And that's how tribalism works. That's how hum- that's how humans think. And, and it's shitty, but it's real. That's how humans think. And that's I feel like that's the only way to reach them. I feel like the, the most important thing that white fucking straight cis people can do that are call themselves woke is talk to as many of their fucking friends as possible. Yeah, exactly. And just like, and keep speaking out about like injustices as you see them, which everyone, like everyone close to me has been doing such a great job doing that for the last few months. And it's, I know we all get exhausted, but 
I just, I really appreciate it. Yeah. It's these times are scary. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we're inching towards November and nobody really knows what to expect. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I am terrified. I'm terrified. I, so I grew up, obviously I've already mentioned as a, a, a typical gun toting Republican, but I never actually bought a gun until Obama was uh, elected president. And then I went out and bought a fucking gun <laughs> and I still have that shotgun and that pistol. I sold the, uh, the assault rifle cause I lost interest in, in guns at some point in my transition. But I feel like we're actually coming to a point where, where liberals and progressive woke people might need guns. And, you know, I really, yeah, I hope it doesn't have to get to, I really hope it doesn't have to get to that point. That is a scary thing to think about. And like, I don't know, I, every time that things get too heavy, I immediately retreat into a joke. And so of course I was going to be like, I mean, but it's 2020, and if we can have murder hornets and fire tornadoes, race war could be on the menu. Someone has it on their bingo card. All, all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, no, but it's, it's, it's scary stuff, and it's different than when Obama got elected the first time because, like, the nerve is so much more raw you know, the nerve being the United States. Yeah, yep. I don't I don't know what's going to happen regardless of which way the election goes. People are going to be really disappointed. Yeah, I feel like everybody's going to be at least a little disappointed because we only have two options and they both suck. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. It's not going to be anyone's ideal i t actually no i take that back if biden and kamala get elected it'll be my mom's ideal situation she loves the both of them dearly and i'm like okay oh, mother. well god bless her like exactly i'm just like cool well i'm glad one person stands to win in this situation <laughs> when 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 biden was announced as the nominee i was i was actually confused i was like who who is supporting him <laughs> Was are the does he have support? <laughs> yeah, everyone just like looks around, like that <laughs> gift of John Travolta from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> exactly, exactly. What? <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, I also did that, and then I had a call with my family about politics, and there was a hard cutoff at the age of forty-five, and everyone above the forty-five mark very staunchly for Biden and everyone below the 45 mark, we were kind of spread out between, uh, not spread out. We were split between Lizzie Warren, who I was gunning for, um, along with my I sister. Was into, and Bernie, I was in Lizzie. Who some of my cousins were gunning for, and I wouldn't have been angry about either of those options. Mm -hmm. But I want, oh my God, I wanted to see Elizabeth Warren debate Trump so badly just because so I love bad. watching. She was so good. She's so smart. It just would have been a verbal evisceration oh that my honestly God. would have added 10 years onto my life. I needed it. No shit. Like, I would have been just jerking off watching these debates. <laughs> 
We all would. <laughs> no shit. Like, it was just like, yes, yes, destroy him. <laughs> you know, oh and my that God. was the day that the collective blood pressure of the American people dropped 10 points. <laughs> I am I am heartbroken that I don't get to see that. Um, I don't think that Joe Biden is going to do as great a job. That's for sure. I feel like uh, Kamala is going to destroy fucking uh, Pence, though. Oh, Pence! Yeah, that's like the one good thing that's going to come out of this. Is that's not that I give a shit about Kamala, like but she, it's going to be like she brought a gun to a kick fight, like not even a <laughs> knife fight, a kick fight. <laughs> 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 for real for real because he actually knows uh, a thing or two <laughs> exactly so i mean i will like try my darndest to forget everything about her prosecutor past and only focus on what she's done in congress while that debate is happening um because i mean her congress track record doesn't make me sad but her pro- her prosecutor track record most certainly does. Does it is is I haven't looked into her into her prosecutor track record to be honest. Uh, but I so I don't know enough about that to have an educated opinion. But you're saying like she's made some uh, uh, unfortunate uh, decisions in that way. Yeah, there there are a couple of calls that she made during her time as a as a California prosecutor that I would love to see her address though she of course absolutely doesn't have to because we're all kind of bound to voting for them anyway um just issues with like folks who were trans getting arrested and not being sent to like the jails or penitentiaries for how they identify which oh, like fuck. you yeah. know it's, granted, that could be a, death a while ago that was not something we were talking about but now it absolutely is and i absolutely want to see her acknowledge that that was wrong um you know we saw a whole lot of a whole a whole lot of toughness out of her in terms of drugs especially in the black community and it was very hard to watch her call biden out in that first debate about race where i'm just like "Mm," but you've also like gently disenfranchised thousands thousands of black people over like nonviolent drug charges so yeah but then like her congress track record i mean she's voted with bernie 93 percent of the time 93 percent of the time that's a lot of the time signed the green new deal signed bernie's health care bill it's tough yeah it feels like a political choice for biden Mm -hmm. and i can't really like say that it's a bad idea to for him to uh choose this person because like i feel like when a president chooses their uh their their vice nominee that they're they're basically choosing their potential next president right exactly a black female president fuck yeah let's do that exactly and for biden it was also very smart to suddenly make his closest ally the person who like tore him to shreds at the first debate yeah kind of a power move yeah sure 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 and that is, I love that, that kind of humility. That is exciting. I just, uh, I just, you know, I just wish that, uh, he didn't sniff as much hair. Yep. Yep. I really just need them to stop letting him go to speaking engagements, um, until the election's over. 
if he could just, you know, take a back seat and let, you know, <laughs> like, exactly. Jesus Christ, like, like, he's the fucking let... worst candidate. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, I feel like we haven't gone, what, more than like three weeks at a time without him just saying something awful. And most recently, like, it's been about the black community. And I'm yeah. like, Joe, yeah, no. Older black folks are the ones who put you in this position. Joseph, no. Joseph. <laughs> no, it's, seriously, though, it, it, it's disturbing. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's more than disturbing. It's really frustrating. It's really frustrating. And I, I'm saying I just, this as, like, a fucking ignorant-ass white guy. I don't know, like, how, like, black people consider this. You know what I mean? But I can only imagine that it's like Jesus fucking Christ. Exactly. It's no, I don't think like anyone is going to be excited about voting. I've seen everybody using that gif of Rihanna, like throwing a piece of paper at the camera uh, to represent themselves turning in their absentee ballot. And like, that is absolutely the energy I'm going to have while sticking my absentee ballot into the mailbox at the end of the week this week. (laughs) 100 percent yeah you're not voting in person i'm hoping to volunteer at polling stations this year just because they really need young people to volunteer especially because the the odds of covid going away by then are very slim and you don't want to have to put the generally older volunteers who normally work the election polls at risk yeah and they are i do love seeing those old folks at those polling places me too they're so sweet. They're so sweet. They're probably all conservatives, but. <laughs> hey, not all of them. I, I love the older ladies that uh, that run the polling station near my place here in King Lincoln. It's uh, They're so nice. And I hope I get to see them, but with the, the roles reversed uh, this November, if they haven't, you know, voted absentee. I think that... We need to fucking be hopeful. Yeah. I, yeah, we don't have much of a choice. And we need to fucking vote. Yeah, and we need to fucking vote. Oh, my God. The, the folks I was living with during the last election, half of our house of, like, six people didn't vote. And I'm, like, low-key still mad at them. <sighs> yep. Be mad. Um, hey, so... This is the thing, and and I'll confess, this is I'm embarrassed about this, but I don't think I ever fully appreciated how important it is to vote on the down ballot stuff. Um, yeah. Oh that's, my gosh. That's and the stuff of tomorrow. That's the stuff of tomorrow. When you are voting exactly. and you're voting about, oh, I just go to vote for the president. Cool. That's cool. That's good. That's a good thing. Um, those people that you're voting for on the bottom side of the ballot, the the people that are not the president, those are the presidents of tomorrow. Precisely. Those are the congressmen and the congresswomen of tomorrow. Those are the people that are making decisions tomorrow. Keep voting for those. Vote for the sheriff. Vote for the fucking, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Vote for all of those things. Think about all of those things. Those are the people that you are literally paying as a taxpayer to make decisions in the next five years, you know? Yeah. And for you, um, 
you know, of course, and this comes up every single time it is presidential election season, but people being like, I'm really mad at the system as a whole, and I don't want it to be that way. And every single time I'm like, this is like, I'm always like three months before the election is not the time to start having that conversation. <laughs> Work on electing people that you believe in on like your citywide level and, you know, <laughs> work alongside them as they grow into yeah. different positions like be out there canvassing for that green local candidate if they're a person that you believe in like we so much of what could change with our national level politics has to change on a local level first yeah and if you're gonna vote third party like think about voting third party for the candidates that are not the president you know yes please <laughs> like you build those candidates up on the on the lower platforms get them to a higher platform but like when it comes to the president i just saw this uh this quote from david sedaris he said uh that the, the current situation is like when the when the uh, stewardess is on the airplane coming down with the food and, and she she finally arrives at your seat and she says oh um, I have the uh, chicken, if you're interested in that. Or, if you'd like, I have the uh, uh, pile of shit with broken pieces of glass in it. Yep. If you'd like that. These are literally the options. If you're not voting for those two options, then you're voting for the shit with glass in it. But... Exactly. If you I, want, mm. If you want the Green Party, if you want the Libertarian Party, if you want some other fucking third party, vote for that on the fucking down ballot shit build those people up build that shit up because that shit is growing from the bottom up at the top you're you're not doing that that's not how the no. that's not how the system works you have to build that shit up from the bottom up and everyone who talks about doing it for like moral reasons for people who are running for like president are not the same people who i see working on the grassroots level locally right 100 percent. yeah and i'm just like put your money where your mouth is then fam like be out here like working with and volunteering with these candidates like you were saying and help them grow don't just look at the options we have for president and be like i'm different <laughs> and for moral reasons i'm going to like damn every person of color that i care about yeah yeah it's it's crazy. And the thing that is most baffling to me is even now I'm still seeing folks on my timeline who are like, for moral reasons, I am going to abstain from voting or I am going to vote for a third party candidate. And I'm like, if that is what your morals are telling you to do, I suggest you take them in for a tune up or just kill yourself. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I am really like I'm really fucking frustrated right now. With, I I get look I get the idea that it's the system is fucking us. I get the idea that the uh, powers that be are forcing Biden on us in a way that we don't want. Mm -hmm. I get that. Mm -hmm. I get it. And and the way I see it, the only way to change that is down ballot voting. That's the only way to change it. Exactly. 
if we are giving a shit about the people that aren't the president on the fucking ballot, that shit will change. Yep, but until until then, we're still going to keep riding this wave where every four years a like an underground secret uh, cavil of people are going to pop up and be like, I hate the two-party system, and I've done nothing about that for the last three years and nine months, but I'm doing something about it now. Right, right. Like, no, we're we're voting between or shit with glass in it, and <laughs> and chicken. And I don't like chicken necessarily. No, and we can say it's cold chicken. Like, you won't get food poisoning, but it you might, like it. Might be you uncooked won't have the best chicken. Time eating it. No, it might be completely raw chicken. Okay. <laughs> it 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 could literally be completely raw chicken with. But we're we're voting between yep. that and shit with glass in it. So exactly. Uh down ballot voting, you're 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 raising up your people. You're raising your people up. These are the people that are growing. These are the people that are gaining power. These are the people that are gonna be in the future creating the politics that you want. Those are the people that are the most important. Those are the reasons you should be voting, the future. Down ballot voting is the fucking deal. That's the deal. Exactly. Bing, bang, boom. That should be... Can that be the new title of the podcast? (laughs) Down ballot voting! (laughs) Exclamation point. (laughs) Lampshade Media presents Down ballot voting! Exclamation point. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of into it. Like we do, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I did love Murder Me, Daddy, but uh... oh, I didn't though. I didn't though. <laughs> <laughs> I All like right. being alive. I want no one to murder me, and especially <laughs> not someone who I at any time referred to as. Diddy, no, is that, thank you. Is that how you were? Is that is that what you you, you how you refer to Jeffrey? No, no, <laughs> it is not. <laughs> I didn't know if that was a problem with the title. <laughs> nope, nope, that's not one of our words. That's and those get to stay an additional Alexis secret, uh, even though I've spilled so fucking many of them during the course of this recording i am uh, i'm very skilled at my my means of uh of exposing your secrets you know that's my technique <laughs> as a podcaster can't get listeners if i'm not exposing celebrity secrets that's true gotta get that hot goss <laughs> but uh yeah so you think uh you think murder me daddy isn't the one no, no, you know, my heart doesn't feel drawn to the vibrational energy is not good. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. The, uh, the, the John Bonet Ramsey in me does not like that title. What is the what does the Katy Perry uh, say? She doesn't like it either um but she also adds like a little vocal riff at the end of her displeasure lampshade media presents down ballot voting exclamation point all right i'm gonna edit out the hiccup
But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, but I liked the hiccup. Put it back. Oh, now I've got to edit out your liking the hiccup. (laughs) (laughs) So much work. Dang it. I should have tied in something uh, very important to the subject matter to that request to edit the hiccup back in. It's okay. We've been, well, I've been drinking a lot. (laughs) I have finished three cans of Pomplamoose LaCroix. Huh. Well, that has no alcohol. So you can trust her. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, hell, we've had a fucking amazing conversation. And, and... Now, I have a new platform, a new place to base my new branding on. Um, so, <laughs> I, I'm i into it. I think this has been a complete success. I had a phenomenal time. <laughs> well, thank you so, so fucking much for coming on and talking to me. Thank you so much for being a friend. Thank you so much for being in the Columbus comedy scene and and being cool. Thank you for for having me and for also being an excellent producer in the Columbus scene. And also, thank you for being a friend. (laughs) When I don't sing, people on TikTok get very mad at me. I had to sneak a... uh, (laughs) Will you get copyright infringed for that? No, no, I won't. But I definitely hope that, that, that a quarter of your TikTok fandom comes on to uh, the Lampshade Media Presents podcast. and uh, I'm and- going to tell them uh, you have to stay until you hear me sing, and it's a trick because this is the end. <laughs> That's a good trick. I am, uh, I'm here for it. I'm here for that. <laughs> and, and, hey, listen, uh, you know, if you're into foraging and shit, like, um, I'm sure that, all of the other comedians that we're going to interview in the future are also into foraging. Super. Ah. super foraging. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I can think of nothing else that unifies me with the other comedians in my city, like eating <laughs> weeds out of public spaces. If you like, just like slowed your roll and just like made that eating weed, then you'd probably be 98% correct. <laughs> yeah, suddenly, suddenly the Venn diagram, so much more. <laughs> That's how I'm going to get the rest of the community out into the woods with me. I'm just going to start hiding nugs in strategic places. <laughs> or just hiding S's. <laughs> yes. Stop saying weeds. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, or I'll say the S very quietly. Yeah, <laughs> like like maybe people will just start thinking you have a lisp. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and then they'll be way too embarrassed to ask about it, so they never will. <laughs> like, oh yes, come with me. I'm just gonna go pick up some weeds. <laughs> they'll be so confused when you arrive in the middle of nowhere. So much, except I know that Amber Falter would be down even after she realized what was going on. 
Oh, I yeah. feel it in my bones. No, Amber would be down. She'd be like, wait, I thought one thing. This is a different thing. Still down. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Amber. Uh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Hey, Lexus, I fucking love you. You're a, you're a amazing. You're a fucking gem. And I oh, am shucks. honored that you spent the past fucking couple hours with me tonight. Now, this has been so much fun. I love you so much. Thank you for letting me be a nerd at you for so much of your day. <laughs> I couldn't ask for anything more. <laughs> All right, have a good night. You too. This program is produced by Lampshade Media. Hosted by Mel Milliman. Music by Tyson Shipman. Graphic design by Griffin Browning. Social media by Sam Welch. Voiceover by Ryan Branch. And a special thank you to our sponsors, Paddy Wagon Food and The Garden.